You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Famine. Hello my radio friends. I'm so glad you've joined me today for another look at God's book, the Bible. The Bible, often ignored as it is, is the best book ever written. Not only is it filled with character-forming stories, it is a guide to right living, of positive moral values, and it explains with the great cosmic conflict the controversy between good and evil began. It also tells of God's plan to rescue fallen man from eternal destruction. Although the Bible is still one of the world's best-selling books, no one could also say, oh sorry, one could also say it is one of the most neglected books. In Proverbs 29:18 is a short but powerful statement which says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." It is a fact that most people have ever lived have or will perish simply because they were ignorant or chose to be ignorant of God's holy word. Currently, particularly in Africa and parts of southern Asia, one child dies every three seconds because of famine. If you consider the death statistics of people of all ages worldwide, people are dying because of disease, old age, war and accidents, and most of these have no hope of eternal life. Yet, eternal life, that salvation, is not difficult to obtain. You don't need to sacrifice a limb, climb a high mountain, swim across a raging river, or count to 50 million to have it. God has already sorted out what needs to be done. For some people, they probably regard the way to eternal life too good, too easy to be true. But the reality is that it is good. It's not difficult, and it is true. God the Son, Jesus, did something more difficult than climbing a steep, dangerous mountain for us to have eternal life. He gave his sinless life in exchange for our sinful lives. He paid the price. All we have to do is to be aware of the fact that we're sinners, confess and turn away from our sins and accept the forgiveness from God. That's it. As we accept the merits of Jesus and rely on what he did for us, we automatically become one of God's children and are given eternal life. But you are probably aware of places in the world where there is and has been societal breakdown. In those places, human rights seem to mean nothing. 
Someone who's been indoctrinated with error will place a bomb where it'll kill or maim as many people as possible. Others shoot innocent victims, even children. And still others are prepared to drive motor vehicles into crowds, thus killing or injuring multiples of people who are no threat to that particular terrorist. In other places, not just a few isolated individuals, but whole people groups appear to have little concern for the rights of others. Theft, murder and physical assault are so common that those actions hardly raise an eyebrow. And in other extreme cases, political leaders and their security forces harass, imprison or kill those whom they fear are a threat to themselves or if they belong to an organisation they simply don't like. But there is a connection between a peaceful, happy society and the Word of God, the Bible. Where the principles of the Bible are upheld and maintained, human values are honoured Laws are just, and it is safe to live there. Australia, by and large, although a secular nation has its foundational laws and expectations based on biblical principles. I love living in this country, the country of my birth, Australia. But the case is different with other countries, where hordes of dissatisfied people become refugees and leave their countries of origin. In places where people are trying to escape, there's famine, not just drought, but famine due to lack of guidance from the Word of God. I want to share a story with you that serves to illustrate what happens when famine overtakes any country, both physical and spiritual. The story is found in Second Kings chapter 6. It was during the time of Elisha the prophet. I'll paraphrase the story, but I really hope you read it for yourselves. At Second Kings chapter 6. Samaria was a territory north of Jerusalem and the capital city was also named Samaria. Back in the times of this event most cities were walled with a huge wall around the outside and with only one or two gates providing ingress and egress. There were often at that time territorial wars. It was common especially during spring or summer, for enemy armies to raid or attack neighbouring cities. In this case, the Aramites went to attack Samaria. The city wall was strong, and the Aramites were unable to break it down. So they resorted to another well-known method of warfare, the siege a siege was when an enemy army would surround the city until the defenders were starved to death 
or surrendered. In verse 25, it tells how desperate the situation was in Samaria. The Bible says, There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of dove's dung for five shekels. In today's currency, the donkey's head would have sold for over $500 and two cups of dove manure for about $25. Probably many people died of starvation. The people were so desperate that they even ate their own children. We read where two women made a pact to eat one child on a certain day and the other's child on the following day. As agreed, the first child was killed, cooked and eaten. But when the next day came, the woman whose child was to be eaten then hid her child. The matter reached the ears of the king, who did nothing to settle the dispute, but instead acted like he could do nothing, but he tried to shift the blame for all the trouble on Elisha the prophet and threatened to kill him. But God revealed to Elisha what was about to happen, and the king's threat turned into nothing. Despite the famine, Elisha prophesied that the very next day food would become plentiful and cheap. Chapter 7 verse 1 tells what God revealed to Elisha. Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a seer of barley flour will sell for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of, of Samaria. Now, a seer is about seven and a half litres, and two seers equals about one and a half buckets full. That means the price for the flour would be no more than five dollars and the buckets of barley for the same price. Now, my wife informs me that in the supermarkets nowadays, the same amount of flour would cost about $20. What a prophecy! How could such plenty come following such scarcity? It so happened that outside the city, there were four outcasts, men who were not permitted in close proximity to others because they each had leprosy. They scavenged for food somewhere between the siege line and the city wall. They too were starving. Desperate, they agreed to go together to the Arameans to see if they would give them some food. They were so desperate that they felt that if they were killed it would be no worse than living under the conditions they had. So at dusk that night 
they made their way towards where the Arameans were camped. When they got there, to their surprise, there was nobody there. The camp was deserted and everything was left as if the army had fled in a hurry. There was food, clothing, weapons, valuables, horses and donkeys. It turns out that God had performed a miracle so that the Arameans heard what sounded like a huge army coming towards them. They thought that the king of Samaria had requested the army from other friendly countries to come and help fight against the Arameans. They were so afraid, they fled immediately, and they abandoned their camp and the siege. We'll go on after the short break. The lepers went to the camp of the Arameans who had a siege around the city of Samaria. And when they got there, they found the camp was empty. And the surprised lepers feasted themselves and took some of the clothing and valuables and hid them. But after a time, they began to feel guilty. Here they were in the midst of plenty of everything, but in the city, people were starving to death. So they decided to go up to the city and tell what they found. And it was night time. When the king heard what the lepers had to say, he chose five men to go out with five of the strongest horses left to investigate. The lepers' story was true. And the search party found the road leading to the Jordan River strewn with clothing and equipment. At dawn the next morning, 
the city gate was opened and people poured out to get the plunder except the king's first officer who previously made fun of Elisha's prophecy. That officer was trampled to death in the stampede. This story beautifully illustrate what happens during a famine. When there is a famine, selfishness predominates. Desperate people do desperate things. When there is no or little hope, the rule of law means very little. Many people who lose hope are prepared to accept premature death. Hopelessness is as good as nothing. In Samaria, the extortionists had demanded huge sums of money for rubbish food, such as a donkey's head or dove manure. The women resorted to cannibalism, and there were probably other cases of cannibalism that are not recorded in the story. The king, who was the one person who should have maintained law and order, was helpless and felt powerless to set right what was wrong. Everyone and everything suffered. Instead of being a thriving, peaceful, prosperous city, Samaria had become a sinkhole of depression and misery. Even the lepers had to survive on leaves, grubs, insects and grass. None of these things would have been part of the normal diet when there was peace and prosperity in the land. Trust and honour had all but disappeared. In such situations, it was not wise to trust anyone. Now this story is about a, phys is about a physical famine, but it illustrates what happens when there is a spiritual famine, when people disregard the word of God. When that happens, anarchy rules and selfishness abounds. People, then, are not concerned about the rights of others, and they are certainly not concerned about what God, their creator, wants. Trustworthiness and honour will be seen in very few. The rule of law is disregarded and respect for God and other people is very scarce. The lawmakers and the law enforcers become less interested in maintaining high social values and they fall back into survival mode. Peace and overall prosperity are replaced with poverty and trouble. Some of you may have seen westerns, films about the wild west of America. Whoever was quickest with the gun survived. That was the rule of law. Some of you have heard about and maybe read about life in Russia under the dictator Stalin. Others may be familiar with what happened in Cambodia under Pol Pot. And many of you would know what happened in World War II when Hitler's forces occupied much of Europe. 
Those were terrible times. Stalin, Hitler and Pol Pot were morally bankrupt. They had no time for the Word of God, the Bible, and millions upon millions of innocent people suffered or died as a result. The Word of God is a guide for living. When people live according to the Bible's wisdom, there will be peace, satisfaction and prosperity for everyone. But you might be thinking, what about secular countries in these modern times? They're okay, aren't they? Well, yes and no. Yes, because often the laws prevailing in those places are based on the laws of God as outlined in the Bible. And as such, those countries are following what God has said. And no, because even in places like secular Australia, which is a relatively peaceful, peaceful country, there's a lot of crime and selfishness. My dear listeners, I put it to you that social unrest and strife and crime are the product of a famine of the Word of God. The principles of the Bible and the reasons for keeping those principles are based on love and respect. Just as the Samaritans ate dung during the famine, it seems that many people are absorbing shit into their lives. Take, for example, some of those TV shows that have been promoted lately. Seven Year Switch, for example. It promotes infidelity and adultery. Such programs should never be shown and they should never be watched. They are pure filth dressed up to seem like entertainment. They are no better than dung is for food. It is little wonder that there's so much crime and unrest in our society. That, coupled with evolution, commonly taught to students and to schools and universities, paints God out of the picture. But you know, God will not be ignored forever. The day of the Lord is coming, and everyone on earth will be rewarded or punished by God for what they have done. I hope you are making God's Word, the Bible, your guidebook. Read it every day. If you do, there is so much to gain and so little to lose. Well, I'm afraid that's it for today. May God bless you and keep you until next time when we have a look at another subject in the series, Give Me the Bible.
morning, my song, it's gonna rise to thee. Holy, holy, so holy, you are mercy. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Of sin. 